there. This is Cassia. And this is Brian. Welcome to The Oven Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Spoiler alert for the Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films, TV shows, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Alrighty, so you guys have been patient, and I've been really excited to tell you guys about the new co-host and introduce them to you, so it's going to be official, and uh, this person has been a guest on the Ebon Hawk podcast before, and I'm just so excited to have them on. They're such a big Star Wars fan. They're positive. They look at things in a very nuanced way. They really know KOTOR, and they really know movies, so why don't you introduce yourself, Brian? Yeah, so I'm Brian. Uh, very happy to be here. Uh, yeah, definitely, like you said, I love Star Wars, uh, big KOTOR fan, um, big movie fan, and yeah, just super excited to be here. So a uh, little bit about kind of my background as far as Star Wars goes. So I was born in 1981, so I was a little young to miss the original trilogy in all of its glory but luckily i have don't tell him i said this but uh, an older brother he's seven years older than me so he was at that perfect age so by the time i was old enough to you know start playing with toys and things i had all of his hand-me-down toys and we get the movies and stuff so i really grew up on it uh, largely thanks to him uh just being old enough to have been into it so it was always kind of a part of my uh, childhood growing up and then after the original trilogy was over we didn't have a lot of star wars again then until the prequel trilogy came out and that was kind of when i got to make star wars my own and uh, really you know sort of developed a little deeper understanding and you know kind of more in tune with star wars it was something i could call my own not just something that i had to watch with my older brother and and dad at home so uh, that was kind of how i got into uh, star wars and and growing up with it, um, watched the, you know, the prequel trilogy and then, uh, you know, started getting into doing a little bit of the collecting and things. And then when that ended, you know, we had the hiatus again until Disney bought, you know, Lucasfilm and we got a bunch more Star Wars. So every time we think that it's over, we keep getting a little bit more and that's awesome. So, uh, that's kind of my base background with Star Wars. As far as, uh, Knights of the Old Republic goes, it's, uh, Definitely a game that I love. I've played through uh, the first KOTOR uh, probably five or six times, and the second one a couple of times. Um, I remember when it first came out, I was in college, so it was released in 2003, I believe. And I was going into my senior year in college, and I had a PlayStation, but not an Xbox. So uh, it wasn't in the cards for me to get it, you know, when it first came out, uh, being a, uh, you know, uh, starving college student. But... When the second one came around, I was out of college and had a little bit of disposable income. So I, you know, finally got the, had the funds to get my Xbox and got the KOTOR 1 and 2 and uh, played through both of them and just have uh, been in love with those ever since. So, Yeah. 
And if you know me at all, you probably have seen me kind of poking around on Instagram. Um, it's at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And I first got into the Star Wars Instagram community almost a year ago. Right now, we had just kind of started the lockdown. And I had gotten the Skywalker Saga, the big box set of the Blu-rays and 4K. And I wanted to put that on my Instagram. And I was like, people that I follow, you know, friends and family would be like, oh, that's neat. But they wouldn't really care. I was like, I bet there's a bunch of Star Wars fans out there that would be really excited to see this. So I was like, I'm going to start this. I can, you know, highlight some stuff I have in my collection. I really like Star Wars. I do Star Wars stuff every day, whether it's, you know, reading a book or watching an episode of Clone Wars or, you know, something silly uh, that I'm doing or just, you know, a, a piece I have in my collection. So I was like, I'll just make this Star Wars account and then I can just highlight whatever I have going on in my life that's related to Star Wars on that day. So that's kind of how I got it started. And like I said, that was just just about a year ago, probably, you know, sometime this, you know, last couple of weeks. So, yeah, so. So that's 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 it. That's the uh, that's the brief history of me. <laughs> yeah, so. It'll be awesome to have you on, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I can already yeah. tell. Yeah, for sure. And I was gonna say, so that was a little bit of the background on me. If you want to get some background on the Ebonhawk podcast, a really good place to do that is on Patreon. Uh, Cassia posts the scripts for the shows, um, a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, we have some fun ideas in the works as far as doing some kind of. Star Wars uh, movie and TV show reviews, uh, things like that, some special podcasts. So you would definitely want to check that out. Um, you can find it. There's a link to it on our Instagram bio, um, which is at Evan Hawk Podcast. Or you can find it on uh, patreon.com slash Evan Hawk Podcast. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So this will be fun. And we had some Patreon and listener questions uh, to kind of introduce you mm-hmm. to the greater galaxy you know so yeah um the first one comes to us from kai from plex armory uh-huh. and he says not including the ebon hawk what is your favorite starship from kotor okay that's that's a good question there's a lot of uh, good star warships and they're all uh, really good if i had to pick one from uh, knights of the old republic i'm probably going to go with the republic hammerhead ship um, which is what you're on to start the game, the Endar Spire. That's one of the Hammerhead ships, and we see a bunch of them, I think, at the end of the game when you're on the Star Forge and there's the space battle going on. You see a lot of them out there. But my but my favorite one is actually at the beginning of Knights of the Old Republic 2 when you're you're on that uh, mining planet, whatever whatever it's called, and you end up going outside, and that's when the Harbinger pulls in. And you uh, get to see it outside, and it just it looks really great uh, the way the graphics are on it. And I like that particular style of ship. Like I've always liked the Corellian Corvettes and stuff like that more, the troop transports. So uh, Republic Hammerhead Cruiser is my is my answer to Kai. Oh, nice. Mine is the Leviathan. I guess I love the, oh, okay. the yeah. plot reveal on that. Mm-hmm. So, and then this one comes to us from Minhaz from Patreon, uh-huh. and. He asks, what is your earliest memory of the franchise? Okay, so um, like I mentioned in the intro, so I was born in 1981. So by the time I was old enough to start watching 
the films. I don't really remember a specific time. I do remember my mom worked at a dental office kind of around the block from our like county public library and you could go there and rent movies for free basically with your library card. So she would stop and get movies a couple of times a week. And I always remember being disappointed when it wasn't Star Wars. If she would tell me that it wasn't Star Wars, I'd be like, ah, that's, that's no good. I was, I wasn't very happy about that. And then when the movie would start, if the 20th century Fox logo would come up, I would, yeah, I would hold my breath for a second thinking that maybe she lied to me. I, she never did, but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of my earliest sort of formed memories about uh, the Star Wars films and, and watching them growing up was just seeing them on VHS just at a home with my family. Yeah, I think my earliest memory of the franchise before I ever watched them was there was some toy with like the Ewoks and Stormtroopers and I was like, mm-hmm. teddy bears are fighting skeletons <laughs> in a forest? And I yeah. was like, I was so confused, but yeah, then I eventually, you know, discovered Star Wars and here I am, here we are. <laughs> here we are, that's right. Yeah, so Star Wars Thrifting, Silver asks, what is your favorite Star Wars memory? Okay, so I have a lot of good Star Wars memory, but probably my my favorite one uh, would be in relation to the special editions when those came out in 97. Uh, just going to the theater to see those with my dad, because um, that wasn't an experience I'd had. You know, I just only had ever seen them at home, just like the commercial said. If you'd only ever seen them at home, you hadn't really ever seen them at all. And so those yeah. those came out in 97. I would have been like 15 at the time. Um, so just spending that time with my dad going out, I, we would go and get a, go to like the Chinese buffet in town and then go to the theater and see the movies. So that was just a really special time for us. Yeah. I think my my favorite one was skipping middle school to see Revenge of the Sith opening day. So okay. It blew my mind. <laughs> so I I may have skipped school to see episode one, but I will not confirm nor deny that just in case uh, anyone's yeah. listening that doesn't need that information. So yeah. So yeah, and then Plo Cool asks, what are your favorite films and why? Well, Plo Cool knows his movies, so hopefully he doesn't give me too much flack, flack for mine. Um, I have a, a few favorite movies. Uh, generally, when I watch movies, I just try to find what I like in them. I don't sort of like rank them, but if I had to pick a couple, um, they're both going to be Steven Spielberg movies, and one's going to be Jurassic Park, and the other is going to be Jaws. Um, Jurassic Park I like a lot it's my favorite book Uh, I was big into dinosaurs growing up and I really like the uh, kind of science gone amok sort of story but what I really like with Jaws and just you know any of Steven Spielberg's movies in general are that he can tell these big huge kind of sweeping stories but they have um, sort of this nice nuance and um, just, uh, just good characterizations and things like good lessons to learn um, in these, you know, big backdrops of films that he puts together. Yeah, Spielberg is a master at what he does. Those are great films. And um, I I mean, I guess I always kind of like have a differentiation, which like favorite and best. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I consider like the best film that I like 
would be Casablanca. So yeah, Casablanca is my favorite movie that I consider like to be one of the best movies made. And mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed listening uh, to your episode of Drink the Movies talking about Casablanca. It's just always nice to get a different perspective on a classic movie, black and white, just so many iconic lines. And yeah, yeah such a great movie, just a perfect setup. And it even kind of uh, inspired parts of Star Wars, like I think Jabba's palace to an extent and mm-hmm. originally sure. i think jabba was supposed to have a a hat kind of like you see in casablanca and i'm like that would have been you know a bold artistic choice <laughs> yeah but... that would have been good <laughs> and then my favorite movie probably is tron legacy it's just a, okay a unique perfect soundtrack and just a different visual look to everything and I Mm -hmm. think like movies sometimes it's just nice to kind of like transport you to a new world and like a new story and it was just an experience I really enjoyed it so right yeah for sure so let's take a quick break and we'll dive into these next few questions sounds good All right, Respect Star Wars asks, what does Star Wars mean to you? Yeah, so Star Wars has been one of those things that's just always been a part of my life. It's always been something that I've really liked and has resonated with me um, from the films to the toys and the collectibles, things like that. I grew up with it, and then I had it sort of in my late high school into college years with the prequels, and now more recently with the sequels. And you know, just getting to experience it and kind of the the diversity of it and uh, just how it speaks to so many different people in so many different ways, I think is really neat. So if you ask 10 people who their favorite character in Star Wars is, you're very liable to get 10 different answers. And I think that that's really cool and how everyone can sort of get there, can take something away from it, you know, that speaks to them. And I think that that's really cool. And I just like you know, a, a community like that. I think that it's uh, just inspiring and just fun to be a part of. So, Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And I think what it means to me is I like that Star Wars is a modern fairy tale, kind of modern mythology, mm-hmm. a hero's journey for modern audiences of all ages. So... I guess that's that's what I would say it means to me. So, yeah, for sure. Star's Doctrine asks, "Who is your favorite side character in Star Wars?" Ooh, that's a that's a tricky question. Um, because there's a lot of a lot of really good ones. I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to go with Admiral Akbar. Is that does that count as a a side character? Yeah, definitely. You know, because he he's leading the assault on the the second Death Star. Um. He was always there, you know, willing to uh, to go to battle for what he liked, what, what he believed in, and for the Rebel Alliance. So yeah, Admiral Akbar. That's my that's my favorite uh, side character. Yeah, like I don't know if R two D two counts. He, I don't know. Is main, main character. No. Uh, yeah. Narrator. <laughs> yeah, I guess he is kind of like the main character um, of the whole saga, 
and so uh, I'll say Commander Cody. When I was young, like even though all the clones look the same, I was like, I have a crush on Commander Cody, even though they all look the same. And like I always wanted to play him in Lego Star Wars, like be that character. But uh, okay, you like the the yellow, the paint scheme. It's a it's a good yellow white combination, and like he has a fun uh, in, he has fun interactions with Obi Wan and. Revenge of the Sith, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, he ends up being in the Bad Batch. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we might get a, we got might get a lot more Cody here coming up in the next oh, yeah. uh, year or two. So, definitely. So maybe even in Kenobi. So, the Force we will see always in motion. The future is. That's right. And then Razagard asked, "What is your favorite character build slash play style in Knights of the Old Republic?" Okay, so when I'm doing my my character creation, I almost always pick the scout, which I think is in the middle. There's one's like a like a brawler or a gunslinger or something, and then the other is like a it's like a thief class kind of a thing, right? Where they're where they're sneaking. Yeah. I always I always play as the scout, just kind of the one in the middle. Um, now, if I could play really any video game without having to fight at all and could just get the story, I would totally do that all the time. Um, so, <laughs> so my most recent playthrough of Knights of the Old Republic, I had just picked it up on Steam when I got my new laptop and I put the difficulty down on low because I was like, I don't want to, don't want to be fighting all these people. Just want to, just want to do the story and the side missions and stuff. So yeah, I was just kind of play it down the middle and we'll try to avoid conflict as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I was very intentional when I played Knights of the Old Republic 2, and I was like, I'm gonna, like, get a whole lot of persuasion points, mm-hmm. and a whole lot of droid points, because I'm like, I can, I can be good with the Force, you know, but, like, if I can kind of, like, persuade people, but also right. be able to repair droids, like, for when, like, I can't mess with people, you know, I can at least mm-hmm. mess with machines, and it's like, in Star Wars, like, if you have the Force persuasion and you kind of know how to do droids, like, it kind of is a good experience. Um, with Knights of the Old Republic, I would usually always be the scout, too, and kind of, like, be a consular, or I would really be any of the Jedi classes, like consular, guardian, or sentinel but i i think i have the best experiences being a sentinel or a counselor mm-hmm. so yep that's how i play it but like the cool thing is you can do whatever you want and there's always fun things to discover there that's right yeah and if you you can do the the man or the woman and then the story will change uh yeah. you know kind of kind of depending and how you play so especially for the time that was uh really great so i'm meaning to go back and and do another playthrough um just doing some different different choices just so I can explore a little bit more of that. So, Yeah, it, it's definitely fun to explore. Uh, speaking of both games, Ironic Designs asks, which game did you enjoy more, KOTOR 1 or KOTOR 2? Uh, KOTOR 1 is uh, probably my favorite of the, the two games. KOTOR 2 is, is good. The graphics were good. I don't know why they changed the layout of the control scheme on it but that's okay um yeah i think uh kotor one it has just 
the characters are a little bit more interesting, I think, and just the way that the story is told is more interesting, and it's sort of all contained um, within the one game. So I think uh, KOTOR 1 gets my vote. Yeah, I mean, I think I prefer KOTOR 1 as well. I think it's kind of like the kind of fun swashbuckling adventure, but still has a lot of good depth. But I think KOTOR 2 makes me think a lot more. Because um, mm-hmm. Kreia just has a the dialogue just like really kind of hits on like, I think, all the philosophy you could really ever think about. And it's like, oh my goodness, like, what do I think about that? What is right? Like, and... I would just love to, like, be in Star Wars and take a philosophy class from Kreia, you know? It, mm-hmm. it would just blow my mind, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that would be good to do that. Uh, you know, what else would be good is if uh, you're listening at home, if you are checking us out on Apple Podcasts, it would be really great if you could uh, review us and subscribe and share our podcast with, you know, other people that you think would uh, like listen to the Ebon Hawk, you know, like Knights of the Old Republic, like Star Wars and Star Wars news. Uh, we would really appreciate that because, you know, sharing it and liking it and uh, leaving reviews, all that stuff really helps uh, get the Ebon Hawk out there. So we'd appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So to finish off this intro episode, I had a few questions. And uh, okay. so uh, is this is this like the uh, the formal interview now? The formal right. interview. These depending are, these on are your the questions. questions uh, yeah. Depending on the answers, you may not. No, just kidding. You're you're good, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But which aspect? Uh, one thing I was wondering is which aspect of adapting Kotor cinematically has this podcast not tackled that you would like it to cover? Um. So there. Well, there's a lot of the. You know, we still have a. Uh, you know the better part of uh, two films to to get through. But I think one of the areas that I haven't gotten into too much, um, especially relevant with uh, the Snyder Cut coming out this week, is uh, just sort of what, maybe not specifically what directors, but what type of directors and what sort of movie genres that we would like to pull from and start imagining kind of what we would like to see visually on the screen for some of these uh, places and specific scenes and uh, things like that to, to maybe just get into a little bit more of the way that the, the film's not going to look as a whole, but kind of look more um, under focus, I think would be sort of interesting to get into. Yeah. I, I loved growing up with the visual dictionaries of the prequels. Mm-hmm. I had the first and uh, episode three for some reason, I don't know if I had episode two, but just imagining that for the KOTOR universe and like getting all the names for all the random like side people, you know, mm-hmm. and just like being like, and this is an energy container. It's like, oh, that would just make my life like. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and just one thing I was wondering is how did you discover this podcast? Uh, so somewhere along the line, after I had started my Instagram page, I saw uh, at Evan Hawk podcast. I don't remember if it was like in a like a suggested account to follow or if we just 
happen to be liking the same things and I saw your name pop up and I was like, Ebonhawk podcast. I was like, that's got to be Knights of the Old Republic something. So I looked it up and sure enough it was. And I was like, okay, I like Knights of the Old Republic. I'm going to give this a listen. So I started listening, uh, you know, followed you on Instagram, started interacting uh, with you guys on there. And, you know, when you do your fan cast and just ask questions and just try to try to interact and be positive on there. You know, as much as I could, and I really enjoyed the podcast. So I've uh, been a faithful listener ever since then. So pretty much, I think, probably close to the start of when you had first started uh, doing your episodes, I think. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you started listening. Like, you've always been a, a positive uh, force in the fandom and always, like, uh, giving us a lot of encouragement. So, yeah. Um And then one thing I was wondering is, who do you think has the best character arc in KOTOR? Oh, that uh, depends on which day you ask me, for sure. But if I had to pick one, I would would say in-game, it's probably Bastila. Um, Just to kind of go through her and see her struggles in dealing with the Jedi Council and then ultimately falling and then however the, the game ends. If you want to look before the game, I think Jolie's character arc is really interesting and how he ended up where he ended up. And maybe that could be something we'll talk about in a future show, like next week. Um, Definitely, but, yeah. But yeah, I think as far as in the game, I think uh, Basila character arc is really interesting. Yeah, I I definitely think uh, Basila has the most interesting arc. I mean, Revan is cool, but I feel like... Um, Bastila really makes the decisions, the biggest decisions with the biggest impact on, on like kind of the whole universe of KOTOR, like by sparing mm-hmm. Revan and then kind of like falling to the dark side. Like she kind of, she has a, a lot to deal with and I'm like, Oh, this is just so interesting. And I think if they do it right, like, it would be really fascinating to watch. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it would be a great story to watch unfold. Um, yeah, in a fi- in a film for sure. Yeah, and then who did you think had the best character arc in Knights of the Old Republic too? Uh, probably Kreia, right? It, especially she's you know very mysterious and uh, just interesting. You don't ever really know where her sort of alliance lies, and I. I think characters like that just in general are kind of interesting. Um, so I would, I would say Kreia, Darth Treya. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like I would want to see kind of like Kreia's like whole backstory. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think they held back a little bit in Knights of the Old Republic too. And I, I kind of would have liked to have a bit more answers and a little bit less mystery to kind of understand like some of what happened Right. Like, very interesting, but I would say, I would say maybe Visus Mar. I think she, she kind of goes through, like, her planet's destroyed. She becomes, like, a Sith apprentice, basically a slave to Darth Nihilus, and then she ends up becoming, like, one of the most loyal followers to the Jedi Exile, and I'm like, Wow, like that has a lot of 
it, there's just a whole lot going on there, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it'd be it'd be cool to see that kind of realized and fleshed out. So that's what I would say, you know. Yeah, I would be interested if we end or ever end up do getting remakes of these first two games if they would um if they do redo parts of the game if they would try to flesh out the characters a little bit more in knights of the old republic too because some of those storylines just didn't get enough attention that definitely they should have yeah i i would like that um i mean it is kind of unique with the way that the the exiles influence works on the companions sometimes that kind of really affects their stories and Mm -hmm. it would just be kind of interesting to see that story told in a different medium like how much is the exile how much is like how much of a say do they have on their stories so it's just like sometimes it's a lot to think about and like what huh do they have free will like how much free will and like yeah but I guess I'm just, I don't know, I, I just think about those things and, like, I, yeah, just running a KOTOR podcast, you know, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then is there a scene you would most like to see adapted in the KOTOR story? Um, yeah, there's a lot of really great scenes. I When we started talking about doing a KOTOR film adaptation, I almost just, always sort of picture how the film would begin. So just from the time that your character kind of wakes up in the Endar Spire to getting off of the Endar Spire, I just, I kind of run through that through my head uh, a lot. So I think that that's the one I would, I would like to see sort of fleshed out the most because it's the one that I personally just kind of think about when I start thinking about how would a movie about this video game work and it's how to get the story started so yeah i think for me it would be cool to start a third movie with a flashback of bastila leading the jedi strike team Mm, so mm -hmm. then it's kind of confirmed what malik and bastila say like and you kind of see revan be betrayed by malik and you see Bastila spare Revan. Mm-hmm. I just think it would be a cool action scene to kind of start off a third movie, kind of start off a little bit different. Right. Star Wars doesn't really do flashbacks that much, but I think that's why it would make kind of a good impact. But it's the purpose of it isn't just to like flashback, it's to kind of confirm what's been told. And right, sure. It really, you really see the formation of the force bond there. And I think it would show that Bastila is conflicted. Like, in my mind, I would want Bastila just to fall to the dark side in the second movie. Like, second mm-hmm. end of the second movie. Once she's not going to be in the best headspace, like, after Revan finds out who he is. And then in my mind, like, Vasla tries to win by any means necessary when she stays behind. And mm-hmm. then I think that would kind of make her fall to the dark side, and then she kind of realizes, like, she's kind of been really used by the Jedi Council and kind of held back, and um, she's kind of been forced to lie to the lie to Revan. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, 
she's fallen to the dark side. Like she's not in a good place. Like yeah, she yeah, needs she's therapy. not therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not in a good place at all for sure. Yeah, but I'm like, if if the force bond, if the relationship, like if you kind of want to show like where everyone is, I think it's good to kind of like start a third movie showing that scene and like kind of showing like maybe you could show like Bastila's in space kind of like trying to meditate and then it's like she's kind of flashing back to that and like I kind of think like the force bond wouldn't really be like in a working in working order I think once Revan kind of realizes like he's been lied to about his identity he would kind of have to work through that. And then I think the force bond would be there when he is ready to reach out again, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how I kind of imagine it. And, and yeah, it's like the third movie and second movie in my mind, like kind of the beats were the easiest to find. But for me, I struggled the most with uh, kind of plotting out the first one. Yeah. So Yeah. There's, yeah, the first the first one would be the the challenge to get everything set up to go for sure. I think. Yeah. Um. But which character would you be most interested to see in a movie? Um. I don't know. It's it's easy to say Revan, right? Everyone's wanted to see Revan on the big screen for uh, since two thousand and three, basically. Um. I don't know. I think that, like I said, Bastila is probably my my favorite of the character arcs in the first one. I think seeing her on screen and kind of, you know, if they're able to kind of capture the emotion and sort of her, you know, sort of fall and uh, kind of spiral down into uh, her descent, I think would be really interesting. So, um, so probably Revan, but then probably also Bastila. Yeah. For me, it would be like, I love the trio of, uh, Mm -hmm. Revan, Karth, Bastla, it would just be nice to kind of see them interact. But then I'm also like, kind of all of the characters, it would be cool to see. Um, But I think if I had to choose one, I would be like, I can't choose one. I'm bad at choosing. So Revan and Bastla. (laughs) So (laughs) that's how I, that's how I roll. Like whenever I have to come up with lists, I'm like, okay, Top three or top five, and it's like top one. It's like okay, here's three, you know. Yeah, but then also T three M four because Star Wars droids are the best on screen. So yeah, he would be amazing too. So ye old astro droid, you know, like that's right. See, I mean, I'm honestly, I mean, I just did an episode on Funko Pops, and I'm like, I want the T three M four Funko Pop, you know. Yeah, I think everyone loves like HK four seven, but I'm like. But T3 is just a loving, you know, like <laughs> yeah. astrodroid, you know. And <laughs> he just rolls around, tries to be helpful, fixes the Ebon Hawk. He, he can do it all. So. Yeah, and then I think for uh, KOTOR 2, I'm just kind of thinking, like, it would be cool to see um, Atten Rand and Beodur. I just think they have good designs. But, like, basically, mm-hmm. they could call... Knights of the Old Republic to Kreia, a Star Wars story. And one act- actress I had in mind for Kreia is uh, Dimple Kapadia. She was in Tenant as Priya. So, astute oh, okay. listeners, you'll, you can remember that when we do fan <laughs> casts. 
But yeah, there you go. I, I just kind of had her in mind, and I'm like, basically, this is your Oscar-winning role, you know? But, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Cray is just amazing. Um, and then, uh, this is unscripted, but... Oh, okay. If I say, I'm going to say two words, and then you're going to tell me what comes to mind when I say them. So okay. So here it is. Hero's Journey. Joseph Campbell. All right. So <laughs> you passed the secret test of character. So oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And um, should there be a hallway scene in KOTOR? And uh, who would have the hallway scene? And when would you have it take place? I think that, yes, there should be a hallway scene. Because uh, hallway scenes are always good. Um, and I actually think that I would like to see uh, Bastila doing the hallway scene on uh, Ricotta. So um, if you've not played the game, we gave you the spoiler warning. But when uh, Bastila is uh, dark side Bastila, you meet her on the roof. But I think you could easily um, introduce that into a hallway scene. You're going through that temple. They're all the the um, sort of those uh, security droids there. I could totally see her, you know, running down the hallway, tearing up a bunch of those droids, chasing you up onto the roof of this uh, temple. Yeah, that's and it. I, I think I think that would be that would be super cool. So, yeah, that that's a great idea. Um, sometimes I I'm a little bit wary of hallway scenes, but then I was thinking about it, and I do like your idea. Like, it's just it would be nice to see like Bastila kind of just be brutal, you know, and mm-hmm. just like. No holds barred, or is it no bars hold? I don't know. It's one of the things. <laughs> it's one. But, it's one of those. Yeah, things happen, you know. But um, I do like that because I think it, it would just kind of take everyone by surprise. They're like, because I feel like Revan, Jolie, and Juhani would not be playing to win that duel. You know, they're trying to really mm-hmm. reach out to her, but like Bastila, like. I think she would kind of see um, Jolie and Juhani kind of as slaves to the Jedi. Right. And let's like, mm-hmm. they screwed you over. Like, I, why not? Why aren't you on my team? And I think she'd be kind of hurt by Revan, like canonically kind of turning her down. And like, right. it's just kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to be, you know, awesome. I'm going to be a Sith. And like, I don't, I don't care if you like, live or die in this situation necessarily look at how powerful i am you know mm-hmm. but i was kind of thinking a good time for a hallway scene like to tell a story visually is when you're on terrace i would have it be bastila like when she has when you're able to like see her with a lightsaber for the first time oh, okay because i kind of was imagining it like it's like she's like uh maybe it's like it's like oh no there's too many of them what are we gonna do and it's like she's a jedi she's kind of like anakin (laughs) skywalker and clone wars and it's like i'm bastila shan you know like right like yeah and kind of like visually you're kind of showing like she knows what she's doing she's headstrong Mm -hmm. and like this is what you have to look forward to now. Like this is star Wars. There's lightsabers. Like this is the world of adventure coming for you, you know? And then I was also kind of thinking like right before the Leviathan, like 
I imagine like Revan and Bastila are, are pretty strong Jedi at this point. Mm-hmm. And they, they've been on a journey for a long time. Like they're close, but it's right before the Leviathan before you kind of realize like, oh, there's problems, you know, like he right. doesn't know who he is, you know, but like kind of just to show like the bond and the they're in sync, you know, it's like, it's like, this is nothing for them, like being on Manon and like kind of going through a lot of things like, and mm-hmm. visually what you're showing is like, Revan's powerful, Bastila is powerful. They have a force dyad going on or force right. bond. We can call them both, I guess, but. It would be interesting to see Bastila do it maybe earlier in the film to sort of give you uh, some foreshadowing into her descent because the uh, the mad uh, Sith or Jedi in the hallway is, uh, is usually a dark side sort of a thing. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you could, if you could see like a, a glimpse of her doing that earlier and then uh, maybe again later at Ricotta after she's, you know, completely fallen, you know, something like that, that would be, that would be pretty cool. So. Yeah. And I mean, that would just kind of show like they're powerful, but sometimes like ultimate power isn't always like the best thing, you know, for mm-hmm. like the force of it all. Cause I'm like, those scenes are cool, but sometimes I think like you kind of miss the point of the force. It's like, it's supposed to be used for knowledge and balance, like never for attack. And like, sometimes right. if we like kind of just are like hallway scene, woo, 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 you know, like sometimes <laughs> you miss like the point. And I'm like, right. so it's like hallway scenes are good, but I kind of just hope they're kind of used intentionally to mm-hmm. like kind of visually tell that story. And like, I wouldn't necessarily want it in the third movie when like Revan knows who he is on the Star Forge. I'd be like, oh, that's the worst time I think you could have one. But right. um, yeah, but I mean, if someone else was in charge or like, I have a brilliant idea. What if Revan has a hallway scene on the Starforge. And I'd be like, oh, no. No, please, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and then I did mention your uh, podcast, Drink the Movies. Um, mm-hmm. If there was a drink for Knights of the Old Republic, what do you think it would be? Okay. So, so yeah. So, I, I have a, a podcast called Drink the Movies where we do a cocktail in a movie uh, review each week. So uh, I thought about this one a little bit. So when you're on uh, Terrace, I think they get drunk on like Teresian ale or something, yeah. right? The the Sith kids. Uh, so you could definitely have some Teresian ale. Well, you can't anymore because Terrace is is no more. But I but I think what what they probably are drinking in universe. I was I was thinking about this a little bit. So so you have you have to picture this. So you have Saul on the Leviathan, right? He's he's fallen to the dark side, or he's you know he's working for the Sith now, but He's living a life of luxury, so he's probably gotten himself some good uh, Corellian brandy. So he's probably made like a brandy old fashioned, and he's just sitting on the, you know, the command deck of the Leviathan, just looking down at everything he's in charge of now. You know, thinking thinking back to how he, uh, you know, screwed over uh, his uh, buddy Candorus, or uh, I'm sorry, his uh, you know Karth, and uh, you know having having himself some uh, uh, Corellian brandy old fashioned. That's what I that's what I think you're drinking in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe for a future episode, I'm just going to have you be like, what character, like, what drink reminds you of this character? And be like, that would be a fun episode, I think. Yeah. You can always get your uh, blue milk on Tatooine, right? So Yeah. Uh, that would be, that would actually be funny. Like if, like, canonically in Knights of the Old Republic, they are drinking blue milk on Tatooine, but maybe they could, like, see the the crate dragon you know and they're just sipping like okay let's do this <laughs> there, throw there down is, the blue right? milk they slam their cups down and they go deal with the crate dragon that's right yeah and then uh what question should i have asked that you wanted me to ask oh i don't know um everyone asked a lot of good questions and i think we got sort of a good uh kind of just general background on well you too because you answered all these with me which is awesome um just a background on on that, but I I guess uh, what do what do we think is is next up? So we're gonna we're gonna go into Kashik. We're gonna uh, talk about Jolie. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I think I think we covered pretty much all the bases. I think we got a got a good little uh, intro episode for everyone here. Yeah, I, I yeah I'm very excited to have you aboard as a co-host on the Ebon Hawk podcast and. Like you said, uh, we're going to cover Kashik, kind of talk about kind of what genres, like Mm -hmm. what movies, what directors would kind of inspire like uh, the first iteration of a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy or show or, you know, whatever. And then um, Mm -hmm. just kind of like covering the second and third movies. And uh, once we kind of get through that, we could maybe like dive into Kotor 2 or talk about the comics or, you know, like. Yeah, we have, we have comics, we have books, we have a a bunch more merchandise coming out for Knights of the Old Republic. So really the, the galaxy is open to a lot of, a lot of uh, really fun and exciting shows, I think. Yeah. So, and if anything, even with the High Republic, I think that's giving a lot of Knights of the Old Republic Easter mm-hmm. eggs. And I kind of think it's it's good to have a Star Wars story outside of the Skywalker saga before there's a uh, before there's a Knights of the Old Republic. Because I think that would just maybe be a little bit too big of a jump, you know, at first. Yep. Yep. You kind of want someone else to be without the Skywalker saga at first and then you can kind of do like your own thing after the first has been done. But yeah, yeah. I think especially if the, if the goal is to keep everything canonized and everything making sense together that you sort of have to do uh, sort of an in-between step because you can't leave too much space um, out there just to, you know, to fill in. Right. So definitely. So sky's the limit. Well, actually space is the limit time. Uh, the galaxy the galaxy is the limit so yeah there's this episode and you can find us on instagram at the ebon hawk podcast and if you'd like to connect with me i'm on instagram it's at astro underscore droid underscore and if you want to check out our patreon the link's going to be in our instagram bio or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash ebon hawk podcast the ebon hawk podcast can be found on spotify apple podcasts Google Podcasts, and anywhere the Anchor Podcasts are distributed. 
subscriptions, reviews, shares. Uh, they all help us out a lot, so we really appreciate those. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shorman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com slash alistairsounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Ebon Hawk podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.